Welcome to the Collective Motherhood Podcast, where we talk about the ups and downs and all arounds of motherhood, and a reminder that you never have to do it alone. I'm your host, Mary Rooks. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Collective Motherhood Podcast. I'm your host, Mary Rooks, and today I'm going to have on Ashton Boyette. I was so excited and grateful when Ashton agreed to come on here and talk with me about just sort of her walk from being a married mother of four to a single mother of four, and then when she started dating again, what that was like and then on to get married, and she now has a blended family of five. So I talked to Ashton about how she and her kids navigated all those changes, and I'm just so excited for you guys to listen to her and glean a lot of really helpful information. Honestly, you know, as a, a married mom of four, I just found so much of what she said about marriage and then different dynamics with kids. She just has a lot of great advice. But I do think this will especially be super comforting and hopeful for single moms who may be looking to get remarried one day or maybe in the midst of dating. She has some great advice for just working through a lot of that hard stuff as a single parent and, and how you can face blending different dynamics with both kids and adults in those new relationships. All right, so before we've even started, I feel like I've, I've gleaned a lot. Like I used to hate... AI still kind of do but I'm feeling better about it because so Ashton just told me that you can tell it like what like food preferences or whatever and then it'll spit out like your meal plan for the week and your grocery list yeah you have to be specific about give me a meal plan that includes you could put your dietary restrictions in there or what you want I said for a family of seven that could be made in under 30 minutes because I'm a cheater and um and then Give me a list of ingredients to get it at the grocery store. Yeah, I'm about to make some major lifestyle changes with AI. I don't know. I'm still going to... She's married to my brother, actually. And I feel like he's probably on the same page with me with, like, AI-type stuff. But I don't know. It has at least one more thing on its side now. So Ashton, who is married to my brother now, for a little while there was a single mom of four kids. Yes. So let's start there, and then we'll we'll end up, obviously, at the, at the present day in your you know, thriving marriage and all that to my brother. But so tell me about, yeah, just being a single mom of four kids, fresh out of a divorce. All, I mean, don't tell me everything, but tell me what you tell tell every detail. No, (laughs) I don't recommend it. Um, if you have to go through it, let's do it together. But, uh, no, it's difficult. And probably the hardest thing that I had to gripe with was money. It was really hard to navigate as a single parent. Thank you to grocery pickup. I could not have become a single mom at the best time, at a better time, because uh, grocery pickup was great. I could really manage what I was going to get. I YouTubed like the cheapest recipes for big families, and some of it, it would be like, buy cans of tomatoes, and you're just going to squish them and make your own tomato sauce, and I'd have to convince the kids it was great. Like, isn't this so good, guys? <laughs> but you do what you have to do, and we made it, and to this day, they're like, remember when you used to make this? I'm like, yeah, we were broke. Um but that was a big change for me. And I think the biggest thing for me that I didn't expect, because I think for a lot of women who opt for divorce for whatever reason, they're done by the time that they leave. They've had time to process the end of the marriage. They've been begging for changes. And usually men are like, they're not experiencing that. And so they're like, it's not really that bad. She's not that serious about leaving. But by the time a woman leaves, she's had time to process. So I didn't expect it to hit me that hard, but there was a real grief of what I was hoping for our family. And when things ended, my first thought was, man, 
am I ever going to find somebody who I can text and be like, guess what this funny thing that my kid did that's ever going to appreciate that on the same level that I am as a parent? Am I going to find somebody to go to spelling bees with me and to go see these award ceremonies or whatever they are and get real parent enjoyment out of it? So there was some real grief there with processing that I was alone in that. And I was a lone parent at the time. And it it was a lot to carry. So that all took me some time to process and build a routine around. Yeah, for sure. I, I cannot imagine. And then, I don't know. I mean, and I'm sure it's different for everybody. But, like, I'm there's that period of, like, I need time to process this. I need to – I don't want to, like, rush into trying to date people or whatever. But there's also that reality of – I have four. How old were all your kids? You had asked me that on the podcast. Okay, <laughs> let me process what that it was. I think Lily was six. Um, she, so yes, Lily's your six. oldest. So like yes. everybody's under six. Four under yes. six years old. Mm-hmm. Single mom. Yeah, like. Sadie Kate was four months old. Okay. So yeah. like there's that reality of, I mean, I don't want to rush into this. Like this is my family at stake. Mm-hmm. Like, But also mm-hmm. I really need help. Like, mm-hmm. and you may, I, we, we can talk about like what kind of help you had, but mm-hmm. like, I mean, someone that lives in the house, like a spouse, like having a husband, I just feel like I would, you know, be kind of like in panic mode of like, I got to get somebody in this house supporting us, helping me back in that like father role, Mm -hmm. ASAP. So like that kind of battle of like, I don't want to rush this, but Mm -hmm. I kind of need to rush this. And like, well, I stay in panic mode, so I'm really content there, but cozy little panic state you're in. (laughs) That's right. But there, there was, I was the, I was a lone parent. I did move to be closer to my family while I was still married, but both my parents worked full time. Um, later down the road, my father retired, so he was able to help out while I was working. But at first it was just me and I had a newborn. So that was very difficult to navigate. My first thought wasn't necessarily I needed a man to help me with that because I hadn't experienced a ton of help. Yeah, and that, that actually might have sounded like the worst thing ever. Like, <laughs> right. I actually don't want another man in my life. That to... sounds awful. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I just wasn't thinking about it. Um, th- I was approached by a few people, and I entertained the process of dating. But very quickly, I was like, no, I need time to heal. I need to figure out who we are as a family, me and the kids, and what we're interested in what we like, what our life looks like before I invite somebody else into that fold. And of course, when you're going through the end of a marriage, you are trying to figure out who you are and what you settled with before and what you would be willing to deal with and what your boundaries would be. So you need time to process that. And that would be a huge piece of advice I would maybe give somebody even. Give yourself time to, first of all, grieve and figure out what your life is going to look like before you dive into that. And it was it was a really great time for us to figure that out. I needed that time. I'm not going to say every aspect of it was great. <laughs> but um, it was needed. Okay, so when you did, when you were like, all right, I'm going to start looking. Or thinking about, you know, prospects mm-hmm. or whatever. Like, what did that look like? Like, I don't know, dating as a single parent. I can tell you the day that I decided I was going to date. My best friend lives in Washington, and she came down to visit, and her and her husband are, like, sickeningly cute. Mm. Like, the kind Mm. of couple you're like, ugh, but also. (laughs) And they were just so sweet. And then, on top of that, her husband was so active with the kids, and I hadn't necessarily seen that modeled before. 
I would say your family is really great. Like all the husbands are so active and I love seeing it. But uh, that was a game changer for me. I was like, <laughs> download Bumble immediately. Yeah, I'm going to give me one of those guys. <laughs> and I did. Um, but I was more open to that prospect at that point. And I had had time to process and figure out exactly what I wanted. And even through the dating process, there was so much I learned. Like the very first guy I ever dated really showed me, okay, someone's not just going to see me as damaged goods. Like Mm. someone's going to see my value. And that was the first time that I had felt value. You know, I started dating Max when I was 19. So since I was a teenager. Wow. And that was the first time I felt valued. There were aspects of that relationship that I... Mm-mm. So <laughs> that ended. I started siding with his ex-wife in a lot of conversations. I was like, yeah, this is probably not oh, going to be the wow. one. <laughs> and, um, and through each guy, there was so much that I learned. Okay, I need somebody who's really fun. I thought I was going to need a very type A personality to combat my very bubbly personality. And obviously, Daniel is hilarious. So mm-hmm. I learned through the next guy that I dated, okay, I need somebody who can have fun with me and joke and we can share that same sense of humor so everybody that I dated opened me up or at least opened up my mind to what I needed versus what I thought I needed yeah and I can't recommend Bumble enough this is not an advertisement I just love them (laughs) but if you want to Bumble we're here for you (laughs) we're here and Daniel will not say that because you know how he feels about technology but it was great for me as a single parent because I wasn't meeting a lot of people especially with four kids right you're not having conversations anywhere you go and so it was great for me to feel like I could put it all out there I was very honest and I think so many moms or just women in general don't put it all out there because we're scared that we're going to scare men off but we want to scare them off okay yeah. we really want to um, because it filters them out it's a natural filter and you're so many people would match with me and then go back and read my profile that I was a full-time single mother of four and I was looking for somebody to come in and share that role with me and they were like unmatched <laughs> and it didn't offend me at all I was like yeah. oh great so it really left men who were willing to step up to that role and the other thing that I really did was I only went on dates that were going to be experiences I couldn't normally have. So I was a single mom full time. I don't leave my kids with anybody. I didn't have a babysitter. I was with my kids from sunup to sundown, never got a break. So it was like, if I'm going to like go on a date, it's going to be amazing. So I went to breakout rooms. I went and toured a lighthouse. I went kayaking. They were all adventure. A, I don't do awkward dinners. I do that with my children every night. So I'm not trying to do it with a man. And so even if the date was awful, it was like, man, that was so much fun. And I didn't feel like I had walked away wasting my time. Yeah. And it gives you something to talk about with that person. There's not that awkward, like, so what do you do? You have that experience to talk about when you do decide to go to dinner. Yeah. So that was great. Yeah, that's good stuff. That's, man, I feel like, yeah, in general, that's really good dating advice. Like, I don't know. I mean, you can get to know somebody over dinner, but you can also get to know somebody over kayaking. And then if you're like, oh, this guy's the worst, you can just paddle away. Like, <laughs> and I don't mean to brag, but literally every single person was like, this is the best date. And is it was it because of me? Yes. No, it wasn't. <laughs> it was because they were fun and most people don't go on an adventure for their first date. Yeah. Also me, but... <laughs> Mostly me. <laughs> 
Okay, so speaking of like first dates and easing into dating and all that, I am curious, what was your first date with Daniel? Oh, he's not going to love that I'm sharing this. I'm so excited. So first of all, those that don't know, my husband works offshore. And so he was only home part of the month. So we all, every date that we ever had. And you lived, sorry, and you lived in different states, right? Yes, yes. I lived in Alabama. He lived in Mississippi. So our dating life was a little bit different. Every date we ever went on was a play date, essentially. We just set up our kids to go places. So our very first date was very awkward, I will say, because we had been talking for three weeks and just getting to know the soul of each other. I mean, for hours a day, like eight, 10 hours a day, we were like talking. And if we weren't on the phone, we were texting Mm. and I don't know if you've ever watched the show Love is Blind where they like say they love each other after two days and then they see each other and they're like, oh, this is awkward. That's exactly what it was like. He opened the door and it was like, wait, this person that I've been so emotionally connected with, this is a stranger. I don't know this person. Oh, wow. But we had a great day. We date. We watched The Greatest Showman. He loved it. That's so shocking. (laughs) No, he did not love it. Okay. Okay. Yeah, you must have, like, truly love his blind. Like, you blinded him. Okay, we'll share this part. He got into town late, and so we took the kids to dinner, and then we came back and watched a movie, and then it was time for him to go to the hotel room. So we didn't get to spend a ton of time together, but when we were sitting and talking, we had been together for, like, three or four hours at this point, and he was, like, beating around the bush of, like, maybe if I had known you, and I said, just say it. Don't beat around the bush. And he said... How could I not fall in love with you? Oh. <laughs> it was our very first date. And I was like, all right, sold. That was oh, the cutest I thing ever. It. Oh. And yeah, I feel like Daniel, to fully appreciate, like, and I can't give you Daniel, but like, he's just this burly, like, used to do powerlifting in high school. He works on an oil rig. Like, mm-hmm. he is burly, but he's so, like, deep, which mm-hmm. three weeks of, like, conversing with Daniel is like, I mean, it's a deep dive from the start. So it that's is. like intense philosophical conversation yes. and all that. Yes. And then you watch The Greatest Showman. And then he says yes. that. And it's just like totally adorable, but it's like yes. so unexpected. Yes. I actually had to come to terms with the fact that that person I spoke with for the first three weeks is not Daniel. <laughs> um, because he is Ron Swanson. For those of you that are a Parks and Rec fan, he is Ron Swanson. Mm-hmm. And... All of a sudden, I'm like, how come you don't share your emotions like you were? And he's like, oh, I don't do that. But you did. (laughs) So there was a little bit of coping there. I think it's much easier to share those things when it's with somebody behind a screen. And there's not that human aspect. So he was much more willing to open up than he was after we had met. Yeah, for sure. Still amazing. He's also like a pen and paper kind of guy. Like I used, like I found old poems he had written and like, I feel like that's always been his like avenue of like sharing Mm -hmm. his feelings and his thoughts as like pen and paper or now I guess like typing. He has to sit and think about what he's going to say, which drives me nuts. Cause sometimes I'll say things expecting an immediate response. Oh, for sure. That's like, and, okay, come on. Right yeah. now, right now. And it's, it'll be him yeah. silent for five minutes. And I'm like, what is happening? Like, are you shutting down on me? Like, and he's always just like, I want to get my words together. I don't want to say the wrong thing. So I need to get all my thoughts organized. I'm like, no, no, no. We've got a ping pong here. It's like, it's it. so right for them to do that, but it feels so wrong. It's, it's so against, because so I'm like, boom, like <laughs> immediate, like, okay, I've already calculated this and bam, here it is. Yeah. So yeah. are you not going to do that right now? And it's so awkward when you drop like a gotcha and then you're like, <laughs> yep, what you going to say? And he's just thinking. Yeah. 
it it really takes the wind out of your sails. I know. It's like honestly the the perfect comeback is like not yes. saying anything because it yes. like totally shuts us up too. Oh, but we're gonna edit that part out. No. Yeah, <laughs> but men don't do that. It's super annoying. Okay, so obviously date went super great. The rest of the dates did as well, at least enough to get you married. So mm-hmm. y'all got married. So what would you say are like or were this the struggles in the first year becoming a blended family like? I don't know. What do you remember about? I know. How long have y'all been married now? Four years together. Five. Okay. Married okay. going on four in July. So it's been a minute, but I'm mm-hmm. sure like that first year, some things stood out. Like what were the hard, yeah. the biggest struggles? Yeah, I always say that first year we almost didn't make it. Mm-hmm. Now we're we're pretty unbreakable, but that first year was a real struggle. And I'm sure most people who have gone through the experience of a blended family, there are so many dynamics. So we had the dynamics of five different personalities that we're trying to blend. And then we're also sorting through their emotions, helping them process what's going on. The dynamics change between them. Like we have, uh, my stepson and my son, I say they're like twins. Like they just made up their own language the other day. They finish each other's sentences. It's insane. It's so cute. So it's so cute. It is so cute. But my daughter, she struggles with that Mm. because her and my son are very, very close. And then my stepson comes back and she's like, wait, I'm, I'm included, right? Oh, yeah. So that's a dynamic we've had to sort through and help everybody process that, help the boys include her, and then help her process that sometimes there's going to be stuff the boys are doing that you're not going to enjoy. They're not going to want to go play Princess in the Tower. So we may have to find some other interests that you guys share. So that those dynamics that change, uh, um, even when he's gone or there, but just in general, the dynamics changing. I think anybody who has gone from one kid to two kids, you know that there's a whole change in how you view things. And he went from one kid to five kids overnight. Mm -hmm. So there was definitely some processing there. Um, On top of that, we had changing dynamics with co-parenting. Those things were happening. Um, My children's father was getting married. And I love his wife. But at the time, I didn't know her. And I knew she had teenagers and had a pool. And he hadn't been as active in that point as I thought he would be. And then it was, I'm getting married and I'm going to start taking the kids every month. And I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. Cause you said earlier, I mean, you, you never really got babysitters. Like you were with them. Yes. Like from the start to the finish yes. of the day. From the time they were born. Like, yeah. I, I never leave them with anybody. And so I, I was processing that. Um, and they're awesome now and they uh, are great parents. I love his wife. But that was just something that I was processing at the same time in our first year of marriage. And then my son, um, he has a diagnosis that's essentially autism without the dysregulation of emotions and repetitive behaviors. And we were in the middle of figuring out what was going on with him. Um, So that was just a lot to process in the first year. Seven people. And then we had our families that did not blend well. So... There are so many dynamics you're just trying to figure out. And marriage in general, as I'm sure most people know, your first year, you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I saw this beautiful Instagram filtered version of you (laughs) and like, why are your nasty socks next to the bed? You're getting like the nasty, dirty version of your partner, um, both emotionally and physically. So there's just a lot to process there as you grow into each other. So trying to do that with all those other dynamics, I, I, to this day, I'm just like, I don't know how we did that. 
I don't know that we did it well, but we did it. You did it. Man, that's what matters. Yeah, I mean, I can't imagine because, like, yeah, like you said, like, marriage alone is just hard. That first year of marriage, Mm -hmm. transition to, like, because the person you date is so different than the person that, oh, yeah, I'm married. I'm going to let my, you know, I'm going to let my, whatever, let it all out, unfortunately. Um, So then you see all of that, and then you're like, wait, what did I do? What have I done? Mm -hmm. And you're, like, navigating just those dynamics between you and that person. Mm Mm-hmm. And then for for many, like, you know, the, the natural progression after that is, like, a small baby. Mm-hmm. And then you go up from there. Like, it's like mm-hmm. a slow and steady trek, you know, and then you add one more maybe or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then, but, I mean, this is for a lot of families now that, like, yeah, whether it's, like, adopting a 2-year-old or adopting a 15-year-old, like, those things, like, a lot of people you talk to and, like, get advice from, they're, like, they know how to tell you from that progression, that mm-hmm. slow progression. And y'all got, like, thrown in with, like, into it with a lot going mm-hmm. on. Like, so that's amazing that y'all made it through not only the first year, but, like, going on five. Like, And I was so excited when you asked me to do this podcast because both Daniel and I have expressed to each other how alone we felt processing that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, our divorce rate last time I checked was 50%, maybe higher now. Yeah. So you have half the population going through this and there wasn't a ton of people openly talking about it still aren't because it's filled with so much shame and guilt that people don't want to talk about it. It's awkward. Yeah. And so I'm grateful that you gave me the platform to be able to discuss this. So other people who are experiencing it know that they're not alone. Yeah, not at all. I know. And it's, it's like, wow. Cause those are the moments when you're going through that stuff that mm-hmm. you, it's the opposite. Like you don't want, you don't need to be alone in it, but right. like you so often feel so alone in it. Guys, we got to pause for a second to say a huge thank you to our sponsor, Cindy McMullen with hometown property group. Serving as your agent, treating you like a friend, Cindy loves walking with individuals and families through one of the largest purchases they'll ever make. Whether you're a first-time homebuyer looking to upsize, downsize, or find a great investment property, Cindy has experience in each. From one parent to another, she can help you think through the practicalities of not only your home purchase, but also your move. Life isn't meant to be done alone, so let a friend help. Okay, so you talked about, like, family dynamics and all that. So how, how did you help your children adjust to, the, like, all these new family dynamics? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we discussed about how difficult it was for them. And so we really tried to give them one-on-one time, which I think is a general rule for any family. Kids need one-on-one time if they have siblings. But this was really a time for them to feel special and heard and discuss things. So that was really beneficial. It's something we were really, really good at at that point until they felt like we were one unified family. Um, another thing is we really were unified on everything. So we would ask each other, hey, how do you feel about this? What about this? Because kids of a divorce figure out how to manipulate both sides mm. so fast, which is great <laughs> developmentally coming from a teacher. Like developmentally, that's great. It's very smart. But it is something that you have to be aware. And if you have a partner who may feel like, well, no, this is my child. I'll do everything for them. That's going to create real division in your marriage. So we felt very um, strongly that we need to be unified and to stop that. And if somebody says, well, I'll just go ask my other parent. We're like, okay. We don't let them use that to emotionally manipulate us into something. Yeah. Um, You're always going to have a little bit of that, you know, and kids may be trying to use a little bit of guilt. But it is really important you're on the same path as a couple in that. Um, We also are constantly going to do something. We are not stay-at-home people 
although you could do this staying at home, you can create memories at home, you can have game nights, you can do crafts, but our bonding really has come through nature. We love going places. We love Rocky Springs. We love Dunn's Falls. We have some French property we go to. We constantly were out there creating memories and bonding with each other through those adventures. And that to me was really important for creating that family bond and being able to share laughter or look at this cool bug I found or, you know, look at, I'm climbed this tree. You're giving me a heart attack. I don't want to go to the hospital. You know, all those uh, dynamics that you get to share. So that was really important for our family to be able to blend a little more seamlessly. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that's great to hear that's what y'all do. And I feel like great advice for someone like who's look, looking or struggling to find and establish those new dynamics. And I will say, our my husband always says our time together is sacred. You have to find your time together. If that's date nights, great. We don't get date nights. We have five children. It would We would have to take a second mortgage on our house to afford a babysitter so we don't have date nights but after the kids bedtime they always go to bed at eight and after the kids bedtime that is our time and it is it is sacred we don't make a lot of plans over this time i am right now but it's okay right. i'm <laughs> flattered but we don't we don't make a lot of plans there's times that he's told his friends hey i'd love to get together with you during the day but this is my wife's time and that has been foundational in our marriage because that is our time that no matter what we're not going to be like ships sailing at night like we're we're going to connect at the end of the day and be able to have that time together so even if we're having a really rough day it's like okay we're just trying to get to eight o'clock and it does feel like you're having a sleepover with your best friend every night we always find it's usually a tv show right now it's ted lasso okay. and the third episode, uh, third season i mean are y'all on the I don't know. The newest season? Okay. Well, I don't know. We oh. just started it. You're a true we fan. haven't been Okay. It. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, we just started it. But we love it. But that that has been such a good source of connection for us, especially yeah. after like a long day or a hard day. And just people will be like, Did you hear when so and so said da, da, da. oh my gosh, you should have seen and we just spend so much time laughing about the kids and the funny, sweet things they've done and connecting and it is when he's gone, we're both just like, I just miss our nights together. It's just so special. So huge recommendation for anybody getting married. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Okay. So this may be like kind of a hard one. Cause I like, I know you want to be respectful of everybody, but like, mm. so you're, you're establishing all these healthy relationships and dynamics and all that with just within your household. So like the kids from different parents, mm-hmm. you know, with each other from the kids to stepdad, and then, you know, kids, the stepmom, all that. But then, so that's a ton. But then mm-hmm. beyond that, you have to establish like healthy dynamics with co-parents. Um, so how do you do that and combat against like unhealthy dynamics? And then what are the benefits or struggles of each? Okay. Well, I will say I had it in my head that I could somehow create a healthy dynamic myself. Like I could just be solely responsible for that. In fact, towards the end of my marriage, I remember sending a viral picture to my kid's father, and it was a little boy at a soccer game, and he had mom and dad on each side with jerseys that said their name, and co-parents on each side of them that said stepmom and stepdad. Mm -hmm. And I remember sending that and being like, this is what I want it to look like. Mm -hmm. I always wanted a healthy dynamic. And we had our struggles as we were trying to sort through what our co-parenting roles were going to be and, and our lives changing. But I am so grateful that I have a co-parent who is not at all bitter or petty. We do not try to prove how much power we have or 
try to get back at each other. And we always encourage one another's relationship with the kids. Mm. And huge, huge shout out to my children's stepmom, his wife, and my husband, who have been such a big part of that. They've sent pictures to each other. My husband, if he takes the kids hunting and they... Um, get something he'll send their dad a picture so that he's included in that she'll send me pictures of their family pictures they had taken together so they've really been active in establishing a healthy co-parenting relationship now there's four of us in that relationship okay, yeah and it only takes one for it to go south like if she was like what you're gonna tell her is that would really create an unhealthy relationship yeah so it takes four active willing participants and that means you're going to actively need to forgive to not hold petty things against somebody and that that can be hard there's we're not always going to agree on things we're not always going to get along there's going to be things that frustrate him there's gonna be things that frustrate me but it's such a healthy dynamic and when you get to that point you're like i don't want to do anything to mess this up so we're always trying to communicate in really healthy ways if he's like hey i need to exchange this weekend for another one oh absolutely or i'm not gonna be able to take my weekend this time okay we'll grab you a day during the summer so we're always trying to work with each other but i thought even if somebody else had an unhealthy way of operating that i could just work right through it and they would love me because I didn't have any ill intent and I wasn't bitter and that's not the case (laughs) so it does it does take four willing people and I'm so grateful for that relationship on that side we do have a high conflict situation on the other side and it has been so humbling to know that it doesn't matter if I'm not bitter it doesn't matter if I'm not spiteful or driven by revenge or trying to get my point across it doesn't matter you can't control the other person you can only control your response to them and everything that i have learned from that has been from daniel he's so good about not responding with anger not responding spitefully not ever calling names or saying something just to be hurtful his goal is always how do we reach resolution in this yeah even when things have been said that are cruel or mean he's always focused on davis benefiting from that conversation somehow yeah and that's been hard to navigate myself because i'm a very reactive person Mm -hmm. and so to not respond in emotion when somebody is being cruel or attacking has been i'm grateful for it i'm grateful for what i've learned but it has been really hard. I feel like I've grown as a person because of it. Yeah. Um, if God could use something else, that would be great. But I'm not <laughs> questioning him. I'm just... No, I mean, and as a bystander, it's been, like, so cool to watch. Hard to watch. Very hard to watch, I will say. But, like, really sweet to see, like, how y'all's kids' best interest is always, like, at the forefront. And, like, y'all's family. And so... Yeah, I mean, that means sacrifice. That means humility. That means, like, mm-hmm. taking the fall. And when you know, like, you have the, it's like the worst. When you have the perfect comeback and you have to, like, shut it down because you know that's not what's best for everybody. Like, mm-hmm. and just watching y'all do that. Because, like, yeah, just even my reactions, like, and I'm, like, I'm not even, like, directly involved, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, the grace and patience that, like, mm-hmm. I've seen in Daniel, like, is so beautiful and 
that's where that benefit of him not responding right, right yeah. away. <laughs> like, all right, I see the yes, positive side of yes. that. Yes, in those moments, we're thankful for it. Right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's just, you know, from a bystander. But, like, kudos to y'all. Like, y'all have done a really beautiful job of, like, we can see how much y'all love the kids. And y'all are always out for their best interest. Mm-hmm. Um, even when that means, like, laying yourself down. Like, mm-hmm. so, yeah, you're doing great. Okay, so that's kind of like, I mean, a lot. Of, some of that bleeds into just, like, the whole all of these years of marriage but as a blended family but um yeah so tell me about like kind of the where you're at now and like as you look back what's kind of surprised you the most about life as a blended family yeah so I talked a little bit about when I was going through the grief of a divorce how I thought that I wouldn't ever have a partner that I could be able to share the little nuances of each child or the celebrations or even the struggles with And that is not the case at all. My husband is my partner through and through in life and in parenting. And like I said, at night, we get so much joy out of sitting there and um, talking about the things that they've accomplished or things that they've done that we thought were so cute or so funny, or even just lamenting and being like, oh, today was a struggle. I'm exhausted. And being able to share that with somebody so that has been a really positive surprise that I'm incredibly, incredibly grateful for. I didn't have, I didn't expect to have such a healthy dynamic with my children's stepmom. I never expected it to be unhealthy, but I've said this before and I'll say it again. If you guys are ever in a tough spot, I will personally pay for your counseling because I need her to uh, like not ever not be in my kids' lives. I love her. She's awesome. She makes him a better dad. She's great to my kids. I love her um I I also didn't expect the struggle on the other side and that has been difficult for me to process just the toll that that takes on you physically and mentally I was not at all prepared for what I was coming into and I'm glad because I don't know if I would have made that leap had I known but it's been challenging that's been difficult I did not expect that at all um Okay, so like, I mean, you mentioned stepmoms, but with your former spouse, how, what does that look like? How has y'all's relationship kind of evolved since, I mean, I'm sure when y'all first got divorced, obviously things weren't great. So like, but it sounds like they're, you know, pretty good now. So yeah, well, we never, we were never like high conflict people. Okay. So even when we were separating, even when we were going through the divorce, we were never looking to get into fights with each other or looking, we did, there were things that he felt strongly about and I felt strongly about but we just never were petty towards each other or mm-hmm. I'm gonna try to make your life difficult that has never been our dynamic and I'm grateful for it and now I'm just I'm so grateful for that relationship with both him and his wife that when we go to pick up we can laugh and joke and he'll be like oh you'll never believe what this one said or what this one did and we can laugh and joke I can't tell you how much joy my kids get out of that. When they see two people that they really love, their mom and their dad, laughing and joking about something they did, there's just joy. And they don't have to experience something most kids in a blended family do where they have to experience that awkwardness, that tension at pickup. They just see people that love them. And when they say, oh, can I call dad and tell him about this? I'm like, yeah, they can tell me about their time. And I'm not going to be like, oh, you did that there. I'm like, what? You did that there? That's awesome. Or, oh, we'll have to tell Tony. Thank you. Make sure that's their stepmom. Make sure that you told, you tell her thank you and you show gratitude. Um, and they're, they're so lucky to get to experience that. I'm so grateful to be able to, to offer that to them. And it, I, 
I can't take credit for it. It takes all willing parties, but that's been a positive evolution. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. Okay. So it sounds like for the most part, for the most part, not completely on like every party, but, um, y'all have a pretty good dynamic going between everybody. Mm -hmm. So like what advice would you give to someone who's struggling to find that harmony in their blended family? Uh, well, first I would say set boundaries. We were very clear with everyone in our lives, friends, family. We are now a family of seven. So if you cannot accept everybody, then you'll accept nobody. And we've been very united about that. And that's been a benefit that I don't feel resentment and he doesn't feel resentment. So we are each other's biggest advocates. Also, I want stepmoms to remember, if you're listening to this thinking or comparing your situation, think about a plane going against the wind direction. It's going, that plane's gonna take longer to get there because it's fighting against the wind. So if you're in a high conflict situation where someone's fighting against your relationship with your stepchild, it's gonna take longer. And that doesn't mean you're doing anything wrong. It's just gonna take longer to get there. And vice versa, if you have somebody working with the direction of the plane is going to get there faster. My kids were able to bond with their stepmom almost immediately, and I didn't feel threatened by that. She has a different role than I have, and I can lift that up. So don't feel bad if you're struggling with your stepchild. Know that they're going to get there over time. They're going to see who you are over time. They're going to see your love for them. They're going to see your commitment to them. Uh, Do not speak ill of your children's father or mother to them don't put them in the middle of that please 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 don't put them in the middle of that and then also don't don't speak ill of your spouse to people that is something that i struggled with in our first year is i would go get advice and i was a giving one side of the story and b y'all are like working through how to have a marriage so there's going to be struggles don't give people the worst version of your spouse because it's going to be hard for them to rebound they're not seeing what's going on in your marriage and how it evolves from those problems. They're just seeing the problems you told them about. So seek out counsel from people who want the best for your marriage. They don't want your marriage to fail or they're not going to be like, I wouldn't deal with that. Mm. Somebody who's going to give you difficult truths or say, is there more to that story? What part (laughs) did you play in it? That's what you want to seek out. Just don't go around telling everybody. And then he did this. You seek out people who are going to want the best for your marriage. They're going to want healing. Um, Of course, build the memories, establish healthy routines, kind of what we talked about. You guys need to be a united front. Get into healthy routines of when this happens, this is how we're going to handle it. So when issues do come up, you know how you are going to address it with family or the kids. Also assume the best in your partner. You guys are going to make mistakes during this time. You're going to say the wrong thing. You're going to do the wrong thing. Assume the best in your partner and go to them with an open heart of saying, I'm sure you didn't mean this. I'm sure that wasn't the intent, but this is how it made me feel. So can you explain what you were processing during that time rather than, yeah, uh, the funny thing is, you know, if you're coming in, it there's going to be two people ready to go to war and that's not going to be beneficial for anybody, especially when you're working through all of these dynamics. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Well, good. Well, thanks for getting on here and talking about that. Thanks for inviting me. It's kind of a world I don't know a ton of about. So like when I hear from single moms, it just lands a lot different when it's someone you're hearing from someone who's truly been through it. And I mean, I've seen yours and Daniel's y'all's family and I've had so much awe and I just like love how y'all have truly like blended to where like all those little relationships of like you know Daniel's son and your kids 
they're they're all they're all both mm-hmm. y'alls now at this mm-hmm. point and like it's so yes. cool and I feel like that would be one of those things you said when you're single and you you have your kids you're just like no one's gonna want all this mm-hmm. Daniel so does he mm-hmm. wouldn't have it any other way I'm sure there are days when he's like what the f did I do you know 100%. like <laughs> but who doesn't like in any state of marriage there's for sure somebody out there that's gonna love you so much Mm-hmm. And there are going to be days when his love for you is all that gets him through those days with your kids. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like, but then it gets to the point where, like, he doesn't even remember that mm-hmm. they aren't, you know, weren't his at one yes. point. Like, yeah. so, yeah. And it takes just, time. That was another thing. When, when we first got together, I expected it was going to be immediate. I grew up with a stepdad who was really in a fatherly role. And so, for me, I thought that would just be immediate. And it was like, wait, why aren't you treating them equally? Why don't you have this natural relationship? And that takes time. And he kept having to explain, like, I have to build this relationship. And I work with children. So it's very easy for me to, like, take them under my wing. And, like, my students are my children. And I treat them like such. So that wasn't weird for me to, like, take on Davis as one of my own. Mm -hmm. But it was a unique experience for him. And he did go from having one kid to all of a sudden he's having to split his his time. Yeah. And it was just a learning curve yeah oh for sure so like when I change it's interesting like I always think about when you're changing another kid's diaper like there's something (laughs) about your own flesh and blood or maybe you're just used to the smell I don't know but when I'm like doing nursery duty and I have to change somebody else's kid's diaper I'm like okay this hits different like (laughs) this is not the same but then obviously out of like that love that you grow like you know it blurs that like yeah but yeah it it just takes a minute Yeah. yeah it does it does Oh, cool. Well, thanks again, Ashton. Thanks for having me. Another huge thank you to Ashton for getting on here and talking with me through the hardships and the joys of being a single mom and being a mom that gets remarried and blends a family together. It was really beautiful to hear a little bit of her story, and I'm just grateful for her being willing to share what she learned from that. There is a lot to navigate in motherhood in general, no matter what your story is, but my heart does go out to single moms a lot of the time because I just can't imagine. I have the privilege of an incredible community and a husband who is so willing and and ready to help me. Um, So I just think about single moms a lot. You guys are superheroes for real. And honestly, it's just so good always to get perspective. All of our lives look so different, but I mean, it doesn't matter how many conversations I have with women who have totally different stories. Perspective is amazing, but I always also find common ground. I mean, just like I said at the beginning, like I learned so much from Ashton, just about things I could be doing with my own children and my husband. So just a reminder that our struggles are different, our lives look a little bit different, but we're all in this together. So with that being said, I also do want to add in, if you know a single mom, especially if you haven't seen that you know she has much of a support system, you can always reach out, try to make a meal. If y'all developed a relationship of trust, maybe offer to keep the kids since she doesn't have someone to take the load off of her unless she hires a babysitter. Um, Meet her at a park just for some adult conversation or whatever. I think a lot of us can recognize how bad a single moms are, but although they are strong women, um, it's often that the strongest women are the women that are overlooked because they just look so strong. But we all need help, and that's what community is all about. So that's just my little plug for or your reminder to reach out to those single moms. Let's be there for them because they're incredible. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Collective Motherhood Podcast. Whether you're in the waiting, the ups, downs, or all arounds of motherhood, we're in this thing together, so don't do it alone. We would love for you to subscribe and share this podcast, but please get connected with our Instagram community at Jackson Motherhood. That's JXN Motherhood on Instagram. Hang in there and we'll see you next week.